No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live here on the Illegal Curve post-game show, good evening to you and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I'm today's host, Dave Manouk, and that is not either Ezra Ginsberg or... Drew Mandel, that is the hockey historian himself, Joe Piscucci. Uh, Joe, how are you today? I'm very good. And for those of you that uh, follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I am the uh, illegal curve designated import. <laughs> when, they, <laughs> when they don't want to be a part of the postgame show, they call me up. <laughs> well, we're, we're thankful that you've, uh, you've, we've, we've gone to the well already two weeks in a row. It's early in the I season, know. but already you've been, uh, you've been, you've obliged us with two yeah. appearances here on the legal curve post. And, show and I'm so happy because this is the first post game show I've done in which the jets have won. So well, <laughs> that's great. So we can be positive tonight. Not too Manuk, many. Manuk and Piscucci is a, is a good post game show name. So maybe yeah. uh, that, that's the, that's the winning combination, Joe. <laughs> All right. Age before beauty. Piscucci and Manuk. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough look you know it was it was a good homestand for the winnipeg jets obviously yeah. they go 4-1 and 0 uh in the five games obviously only losing to the dallas stars last week which is of course the post game show that you did with ezzy and they they continue to pile the points up right we're talking we always talk about banking points and how important it is early in the season to do that well they're they're right in them uh right in amongst the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche for top spot in the Central. Those two teams are doing battle. I believe that last I heard was Dallas had a commanding three nothing lead. I don't know if the I haven't checked the score since the second intermission of the right. Jets game. But the fact is that those two teams were doing battle tonight. And and if the score ends the way it does, then it looks like the Jets will probably be in second behind the Dallas Stars and ahead of the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, Joe, I mean, especially given the fact that the Jets are coming off a game last night. Of course, it's a home back-to-back, so they didn't have to travel. They didn't have to stay in another hotel and check in and all that stuff. They got to go home last night, and you know, but still, it's a, it's a, still a back-to-back. Arizona's fresh. They were in Winnipeg yesterday watching the game, so uh, the, you know they did what they needed to do, which is pick up another two points and put it in the bank. Yeah, and we saw what they needed to do in the third period. That was ice the puck. <laughs> over and over and over i thought they were trying for a league record there at one point in that third period with all the icings but yeah they you could tell they were they were uh, very fatigued uh, a lot of them and but they got the job done which is the Mm -hmm. most important thing they got the job done they uh really uh you know they really did i thought a good job of uh containing uh arizona tonight i mean there were you know an a few, like maybe three or maybe four times where the Coyotes really controlled the puck in the Jets' end, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, were circling and doing all that and were dominating. But, you know, other than the, the goals, you know, I didn't see that Brassois was under too much pressure yeah. uh, tonight. So I think the defense did a good job and the forwards did a good job of, uh, you know, boxing out the, the shots uh, by the coyotes tonight. So I, I, I th- all in all, I thought it was a good performance by a very tired, uh, you know, Winnipeg jets team and uh, good on them. Well, and, and, you know, there was some question marks as to the, the lineup and how it was going to look today. We, we learned just before, I think it was during the illegal curve hockey show, which felt like 40 hours ago, but it was about 12 hours ago when it, when it got underway 
here on our YouTube channel. And, and we were talking about Dominic Toninato being recalled by the team on an emergency basis. So he joins Axel Janssen Fielby with that status on an emergency loan. But mm -hmm. to me, it was, well, what's the question mark? And we never really got an answer in terms of why Toninato was recalled, who was potentially he was going to be um, in injected into the lineup for. I right. asked in, when I was in the press box, uh, you know, in the first period, because I wasn't at, we were doing the show, so we didn't get a chance to be at the limited, or it was a very limited optional morning skate. And uh, when I asked some of the guys who were there, everybody said we weren't we weren't informed <laughs> as to what no and no surprise of course of course. So Toninato took the uh, the warm up. He of course didn't play, and then there were some question marks as to whether Logan Stanley would play his second game in a row or whether they would go back to Nate Schmidt. And of course, when the warm up gets underway, Nate Schmidt is the one who's back in the lineup and not Logan Stanley. So uh, we talked about that a little bit on the show. Just that idea of it seems like it may be a bit of a rotating wheel there between yeah. those two guys. And, you know, and obviously there's a discrepancy in the amount of money that both of them are being paid, but I, I don't mind, you know, that I, you know, I'd like to see Logan Stanley play more. And I think, you know, they can't have defensemen, you know, going 30 games with mm -hmm. being on the ice, you know, but who do you, you can't, you're not taking out Pionk. You're not taking mm -hmm. out Dylan. You're definitely not taking out Morrissey. You're not taking out DeMello. Right. Right. And you're not taking out Sandberg. So there's only one player. And, and unfortunately that's Nate Schmidt. Mm -hmm. you know, um, he did have his struggles, but I I've sensed that he's played a lot better mm -hmm. this season, you know, barring that first game when he did the icing in the Calgary game. Yeah. You no, know, I haven't had too much criticism of his game. And if he has to be the one that's sort of in and out of the lineup, then, you know, so be it. But I mean, you know, it wouldn't be too bad to give DeMello a rest at some point. I thought tonight DeMello, you know, made some some bad free pizza passes, you know, especially in the in the first period there. Yeah, I would agree. I, th I thought that there was a little bit of an AHL element, and I think that's part of the tiredness of the team because in the AHL, we see it a lot. Passes are behind guys, and they just, it kills momentum. And I mm -hmm. thought that was what we saw, especially throughout the course of this game from the Jets, where there were a lot of plays that died because they just didn't hit the guys where they were going to be. They were trying to get it to where they were. And so it was dying on the vine and guys just weren't able to build any momentum through the neutral. And it just kind of killed, you know, a lot of the transition game that the Jets wanted. But again, you're, you're understanding that, you know, they played last night and it was a relatively tough game on them because Buffalo possessed the puck. Buffalo was the better of the two teams. And, you know, but for Connor Hellebuck's Hellebuckian performance last <laughs> night, they probably don't win that game. They didn't need that out of Laurent Brassois. But look, I mean, Arizona, we talked about it on this morning show, Joe. Arizona's a good team. You know, they're yes. not, they, they, yeah. they've, they've, they're right behind the Jets. So it's an important win. You get the four points, you know, or four point swap, I should say. But it's an important win against a team that was just behind you in the standings. And again, like I said, you put a little bit of distance between yeah. yourselves and them. And, you know, I like the start by the Jets. And I thought Lowry line first shift, they yeah. just dominated. It mm -hmm. seemed like for a full minute that puck was inside the uh, Coyotes zone. And all of a sudden, that's when DeMello made his free pizza pass <laughs> right <laughs> after that. And that kind of swung everything, uh, you know, in the Coyotes' uh, favor there for a little bit. You know, and I like the Coyotes had their moments, but the Jets had more moments, I thought, tonight. And uh, definitely the better team, you know, the more opportunistic team. You know, that was mm -hmm. a great play. We we're gonna, obviously, we're going to talk about Connor's goal. And the goal yes, <laughs> preceding that by the yes. Coyotes because he's involved mm -hmm. in both of them. 
Well, he like he just likes to be involved, Joe. He likes to be on the stat sheet one way or the other. Sometimes yeah. it's negative, sometimes it's positive. A lot of times it's positive, but sometimes it it's positive. negative. Yeah. And and you know what? If we're gonna start the if we're gonna well, we're not gonna start the Betway game recap just yet because this happened okay. pre-game, but we have to talk about it because who silly is the best anthem that you're gonna hear. And I like honestly, like it's it's amazing when you go to the game and you're sitting there and you listen to these guys and the power of their voices. It's it's remarkable to hear the the reaction from the crowd, the the players. You can see them. It's just it. They're the passion is 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 evident in mm-hmm. the way these guys sing. And I honestly, they do a remarkable job. And it's not it's not the first time. It's not the second time. It's probably not the tenth time I've seen these guys uh, sing the anthems, Joe, live. But I got to tell you, each and every single time, it's a treat to hear these guys uh, belt it out the way they do, get the crowd going, and uh, and just it, like I said, it's 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 a unique experience that uh, we get. We're benefit. We we have the benefit of seeing here in Winnipeg. Yeah, and unfortunately, I'm like 2,400 miles away, so I, <laughs> I don't get to experience it uh, firsthand like you do. But um, you know that it's great. You, you know, you need it sometimes. You do need a good anthem to get you know, they get the crowd charged up. Right. And, you know, and sometimes even the players. And maybe that was the factor in the way that that Lowry line started. Because, well, like I said, they came out flying and Niederreiter almost had a goal on that first shift. But uh, his shot was uh, blocked by Moser because he had the, the goaltender definitely out of position on that one. Well, and, and you know, Joe, that's a good point. Maybe they use the power from that, that, the, the anthem to, to get them going. But yeah, I, I, it was just phenomenal. And it was a good start for Winnipeg. And yeah, we'll get into it. We'll start talking about the Betway Game Recap, brought to you by our friends at Betway. The Betway Game Recap. Joe, it wasn't the beginning that the Jets wanted because... Of course, it was the Arizona Coyotes who would open the scoring. It would take a little bit of time, of course. And and it was one of those interesting sort of quirks because it was it was such a slow period. Like it was sleepy almost mm-hmm. to, to put it mildly in the first. I was like, there's Jets have one shot. The Coyotes had one shot. And then it was just like, what is going on here? And then you know, it was not, it was just negligible. And I thought, this is gonna be the most boring game <laughs> if this pace continues because it really was just not there wasn't that energy and there wasn't a buzz and i was just kind of like maybe everybody was busy and i'm not going to go on a rant about the christmas parade being at the exact same time basically as the jets game and making traffic a complete nightmare i'm not going to go on a rant joe i won't go on a rant but but let's just complaining about traffic wow (laughs) how unusual no i know i know but it was just I was more, it's not even the traffic. I'm just complaining about how bad other Winnipeg drivers are and how indecisive they are. But regardless, I got a good parking spot. So I was happy. Thanks to our friends at Grid Park. But regardless, the fact is that, uh, you know, I just don't understand the same time factor as the parade. It was just a little yeah. difficult. It made for, made for some chaos. But regardless, it eventually got going. And like I said, it was just a sleepy start to the game, I thought, for both teams. Because there just there just wasn't a lot created, like you said, there was that opening shift, but then it kind of got into a lull, and 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 really it just didn't get going until Arizona opened the scoring at the yeah. uh, what was that? Hold on, let me just find out the fourteen fifty three mark. Yeah, and I was just kind of like, and again, that was a bit of a breakdown um, from the Jets. A lot of guys were standing uh, around, and Matthias Maselli, no relation to uh, Tony Maselli from Who's the Boss, I would presume. <laughs> But Matthias Maselli makes the the one nothing goal, and 
just kind of, like I said, takes advantage of the, the, the inattention to detail by the Winnipeg yeah. Jets. And, you know, and I don't think there was a shot on goal for like the first five minutes and you're, yeah. you know, in, in that game and you're right. It was sleepy at times and it needed something, you know, as a Jets fan, you don't want it to be a Coyotes goal, mm-hmm. but it, unfortunately it was, but it, it, it may have served as kind of a, a wake up call, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, for the Jets, because they certainly did respond yep. afterwards. Right. You know, and they tightened up their game. Um, again, the Lowry line supplied it with another good shift. I think that got the Jets back into the rhythm and uh, the two goals followed shortly thereafter. Well, and, and you know, it, it's one of those things we've talked about and we're, you know, we're not going to break down Nino Niederreiter and what his, what he's been able to do for that third line, but just, you know, you highlighted him earlier in the show when we started just talking about what he was able to bring. And it's, it's amazing how many times in the game you just have an appreciation for what mm-hmm. this guy does. And, you know, as he was talking about it on this morning show, Joe, the fact that the jets got him for a second round pick and with a year on his deal. And it sounds like he wants to, you know, as reported by Scott Billick of the Winnipeg sun wants to stick around in Winnipeg. To me, this guy is just so essential for, and look right now we see him on the third line and we, you know, that we'll talk about that third line, obviously, because they had some good things happen for the, for them throughout the course of this game. But to me, he really does make this team tick. And if you threw him up on the second line, I don't think the second line misses a beat. I think he improves them. He just seems to do that throughout wherever he is given an opportunity. He just improves whomever he's playing with. Right. But there's no need to move him up. No, no, no. I'm not saying you would, but I'm just saying in theory, you could move him and it wouldn't really, you wouldn't, I don't think the second, because even, you know, in the game last night, there were instances where the lines were jumbled a little bit and he was contributing on that. I think he was on for both the Perfetti goal and maybe one other one where he was on with Nemestikov. And and, uh, so I'm just saying like, he's just one of those guys who's just his versatility. He it's funny because he, he, he labeled Vlad Nemestikov as a uh, Swiss army knife, but I mean, he's just that guy who's just so quintessential for for you know a third line i mean it's not a luxury but he's just such an effective part of that third line but don't the jets have a number of players that are sort of playing out of position in terms of if you'll say they're ranking right and the mestikov can go either up or down Mm -hmm. right Uh, ayafalo can go either up or down Mm -hmm. morgan Barron, i think you know he was one of the better jet players tonight yeah he can definitely go up i think you know i thought he was uh really flying tonight i wish he could have played more you know, he was made, he had a good uh, sequence on the penalty kill uh, in that second period. And then Ayafalo had another uh, on the same penalty kill. Ayafalo made a good play uh, to clear the puck down the ice. So I, I, I'd like to see Barron play. So, I mean, I think the Jets lineup is full of guys that can go either up or down the lineup. And it doesn't seem like they get too upset about it either, which no. maybe most important is that nobody gets upset about where they are in the lineup. You know. Well, I, yeah, no, and I think that's a good point by you, Joe. And I think it's another it's another example of the depth of this organization, right? We talked about it again on this morning's show, but it was just that it's almost like a good problem to have. But when Gabe Velarde comes back, where do you put him, right? And we don't have to go into it because we already we you know all the people who are currently in the chat spending their Saturday night with us were subjected to that conversation on oh, Saturday morning. Well, yeah, yeah I but will, I haven't been able was, to weigh but, in. I wanted to weigh in, but let, at some no, point no. you want to weigh into that. No, I was going to say, but Joe, if you want, you can weigh in now, or we can okay. weigh you can weigh in later. So I was going to say because they don't need to hear my opinion. I've already talked about it, but you are more than welcome to okay. to to so, share your thoughts as to the 
way the lineup might look when Gabriel already comes in. When he comes back, he goes to the fourth line because his conditioning is not going to be up to what everybody else's is. Mm -hmm. And you work him on to the second power play, right? And you just give him a little more ice time. Maybe you move him up on a shift, a third or, or a second line shift. Maybe not third because that line is just too good to, <laughs> to tamper with, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe give him a second line shift, you know, once in a while. And you know there's going to be injuries. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, there's going to be injuries. But, to, you, you know, that old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. Why would you put him on the top line when he comes back, you know, and then you mess with the chemistry that right now that, you know, Shifley, Connor and Ayafalo have, you know, I know Ayafalo may not be scoring the goals, but he's creating them. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and oh. you're, you know, you're absolutely right for sure. And, and again, like I said, that, that, but it just, it's such a fun conundrum. It's such a fun exercise. And I think yeah. you make a good point. The reality is, as we, you know, we've been talking about hearing the, from the staff, He's still a ways away. You know, everybody got excited because he was on the ice on Wednesday at practice, but that was a skills practice. There was no hitting. There was no chance of collision. And then the next day on Thursday at the Hockey for All Center, when everybody was skating again, Gable already was on his own set of ice because, of course, the Jets don't, even if he's in the yellow non-contact, they don't want to risk him having any injury. Now, he was skating, exactly. you know, today again, you know, I think they were saying or yesterday with Brad Lauer doing some work to get, you know, get his knee stronger. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the fact is he's still a ways away. So a lot can happen where we know he'll go on the road trip when they leave for Florida uh, on Tuesday. And uh, I guess their game's on Wednesday. But, you know, even then they're still just talking about him getting into practice. They're not talking about him playing games yet. So I still suspect we're a ways away yes. from Gabe Velarde even being you know, part of that discussion. And again, between now and then there's still quite a bit of time for, you know, uh, a multitude of, 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 again, you don't, you don't hope for injuries, but, but again, that's just the reality of the yeah. NHL. I mean, look at the, like I said, look at the current situation, right? You've got yeah. Rasmus Gupari is out five to seven weeks. So, so guys go down all the time and it's, it's just the reality. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's amazing how, let's say the media looks for things yeah. when everything's going well. <laughs> <laughs> We got to find something to talk about. Yes, They're winning. We can't, you know, winning is boring when it comes to the media, right? Well, you know, Joe, it's funny. They're not just winning. They're winning a lot. Uh, you know, like I said, they went 4-1-0 on this homestand and, and six of their last seven games they've won. It's been quite a November to remember for yeah. these uh, Winnipeg Jets because, uh, like I said, they've uh, they've they've really made put themselves into that conversation. And again, like a lot of teams, you know, and they, I know they had a good start last year and they petered off, but we've talked about it. This team seems like it's a different team. And because last year it was Hellebuck and I'm not saying that, you know, they can't rely on Connor Hellebuck because I mm -hmm. think of course they will be able to, we saw it last night and I suspect that's what you're going to yeah. see moving he's forward back. from him. That's yeah, what I think back. too. But I think it's just a function of now this is a better team. It's a deeper team and it's a better five on five team. Yeah. So well, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I've heard that comment that the Jets had a great start last year mm -hmm. and I'm going to disagree with that. I thought they had a terrible start. They won games because of Hellebuck. I see. At the beginning, they did not have a good start. Remember they're on that West coast uh, trip and they won those mm -hmm. games in LA. They got a point out of Vegas. That was only because of Hellebuck. Right. Right. And yeah. you know, and that was the trip that uh, Rick bonus was not on because of COVID COVID. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And when the team came back, you know, he had them all in the meeting and said, okay, guys, like, uh, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you playing like that? Yeah. And then they turned it around and started playing a better team game. And I think that they, they hit their peak against Pittsburgh. 
I think mm-hmm. sometime in December when they had just a phenomenal, phenomenal game against Pittsburgh. And then after that, never really duplicated that effort for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and you know, as, as Rick Bonus would say, what's happened in the past is in the past. So we're, we're, lo- we're looking ahead uh, and we're, we're only looking ahead. And look, we don't have to look that far ahead with yeah. the Jets down one nothing to find them tied one all courtesy of Mark Shifley uh, finishing off a, a nice, real nice play. I thought by, by the jets, you know, the third line that you've talked about Joe, because they cycled the puck. They mm-hmm. had the puck for a good, about like 30 to 45 seconds in that Arizona zone. And Mark Shifley switches with Nino Niederreiter and he ends up finishing off the pass from Neil Pionk. But again, it's, and it's exactly, I, I agree with you. I think something needed to happen in the game and the jets got woken up by that Arizona goal. Yeah. Like, obviously, like you said, they would have preferred it that they woke up by their own goal, but you could see that they just were, they weren't into it. And then Arizona scores. And then shortly thereafter, like I said, yeah. just a couple minutes later, uh, you know, Mark Shifley gets his sixth of the year on a real nice play by that. Like I said, that third line. And then of course now yeah. it's a one all game and, and the crowd's and, into it. And that was the shift I was referring to that they'd had mm-hmm. a, that, that Lowry line had a second good shift in that period. And then everything changed after that. And, and you're right about, uh, you know, Nino going off and uh, Shifley coming on right as the, cause they had the puck in there for at least 30 seconds or so. That's what it, it felt was, like, yeah. Yeah. And it was Lowry who went off and Shifley came on the ice. And I was remember trying to remember that, that that Lowry went off for a change yeah. because the Jets were controlling the puck and then Shifley came on, got the pass and, and, and scored there. So, I mean, that was awesome. That's sixth goal of the season. And that was awesome. Good effort all around by the Jets. Good team play, mm-hmm. right? Good team play. And then they get a break. What? Less than a minute later. 58 seconds later, Joe, to be precise, if we're going to, we, we always try and be accurate here yeah. on illegal curve hockey or the post illegal curve post game show, which you're currently listening to Dave Manuke, Joe Piscucci. But you know, this is, this is one of those plays that again, this is why you love a player like Vlad Nemesnikov. First of all, never play pool with Vlad Nemesnikov. <laughs> at least Lawson Krause is never going to play pool with him, but great work behind the net to get the puck away uh, from, from, uh, um, What's his name? I'm going to, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, uh, I can never pronounce his name and see. Karel Vimelka. Vimelka. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's the Karel part that I always get wrong, yeah. but anyways, Karel Vimelka. Like a drink at Starbucks, actually. Can I have a grande Vimelka? <laughs> there you go. But see, usually Joe, what I do is I kind of like let Drew handle the tough names. I'm like, come on, Drew, even though I should know that name, the Jets play him every single time. But you know, it's a real nice play by Nemestikov to get that yeah. puck in from behind the net and then of course you know just try and put it put it in front and I, I don't know how much he planned to score that goal maybe he'll speak after the game on we'll hear but uh such a boost for this Jets club to get that second goal and to have a 2-1 lead 58 seconds after the Shifley goal yeah and I think that Vermelka must I maybe my perception was that he got caught with the puck sort of oh, do I play it it's in the trapezoid area right. Right. So he got caught on that and I I, I almost thought that Nemestikov was trying to bank it in off his pads. Mm-hmm. but missed because mm-hmm. it went between his pads right then off and then Krauss did a really nice job of using his skate to direct the puck <laughs> into the net i thought that was really good well and and it's funny because you're watching that play and you're thinking to yourself like did he intentionally put his foot that way because like you know all you're doing is creating more of a surface not less yeah. of one but i mean it's it is a it is a nice it's a nice it's a heads up play you know yeah. he's in deep he's waiting for for reinforcements and he tries tries to get into the front because he knows you know, that, that he's got the net miner behind the net with him. So he's got a chance to get it 
to someone and you know mm-hmm. he didn't i don't think he intended on thinking well i'll bank it in but ultimately you know it's a 2-1 lead and the jets are feeling good about themselves yeah. and on that play um somewhat notable because he's been picking up much like mark shifley he too is piling up the assists this year but that was josh morrissey's 200th assist oh, so okay. uh that's a it's a milestone for him and, and you know it's funny joe like i i still think about when he was a, a young draft pick and then a young prospect in the organization and you know all the folks who were saying he's a bust he's a bust <laughs> he's playing on the moose playing in st john's this guy's a bust and you know what a what a stud josh morrissey's become like you watch you watch his confidence with the puck and the way he can walk the line, the way mm-hmm. he just, he like, even when he picks to choose, when he chooses to, when he attacks and when he does it. And it's, it's just amazing what we're seeing. And, you know, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the season when we do something called like over under just to see how guys are going to, you know, achieve what they will achieve in that sort of thing. And Drew's pretty good at, at nailing some pretty good numbers and, and picking tough ones. To, so as in, I can't sit on the fence, but you know, it was, it was whether you would think Josh Morrissey was going to be able to duplicate or exceed what he was able to do last year. And I was of the opinion that I've seen, I, I, from what I've seen, I, I expected him to turn that corner and kind of keep that kind of momentum going that he built last year. And he's showing through 17 games that uh, he's not going to slow down with his two goals and I think 15 assists or whatever he's got on the season. So, uh, you know, he's, he's just a remarkable player. What have you seen from him throughout the course of the years watching Josh Morrissey develop? Well, you know, yeah, I thought, you know, when he f- came up, you know, and, and Dustin Bufflin took him under his wing, right. Mm-hmm. Saying, I want to play with that kid. Yeah. Right. And he was doing really, really well. And he was becoming obviously a team leader on defense. And I think the only reason, and this is my opinion, the only reason he took that step back, it was the year that Bufflin decided to retire. Right. Right. And the Jets had lost all their veteran defensemen. Myers had gone off to Vancouver. Uh, so they had, you know, I thought that at that point he was trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. He took the whole load on his shoulders and he was trying to do too much. And I, and I thought that affected his game, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, I think that's the only really bad season that he may have had. And, and like my view, my opinion is that he tried just, he tried to carry the, the team on, on his shoulders. And that's, and do things that normally he, he wouldn't try to do. Right. You know? um, but, you know, Rick Bonus coming here, you mm-hmm. know, giving him all the confidence and saying, you know, we want you to go, want you to get involved in the offense. Right. You know, Rick Bonus has given him free reign, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. Yeah. To, to use all his offensive talents. Right. And he, he's really delivered. I mean, the only Let's say the only critique I would have of yep. Josh Morrissey is on the power play. I wish he would make those passes to Kyle Connor a little faster and harder. <laughs> That's the only, because that power play sometimes like tonight, it's mm-hmm. just too deliberate and too slow. Right. And he doesn't make that pass over to Kyle Connor as fast as it should be because it allows the goaltender to get over. So that that would be my only critique of his game in a negative way. Yeah, Otherwise, I, I think he's playing really well. Well, and I was going to say, I think actually that's not just a uh, Josh Morrissey thing. A lot of times that that power play is a little slow, yeah. you know, and sometimes they're just, you know, and again, it's hard to critique guys who are scoring at, at the rates these guys are scoring at. But every once in a while, you're just watching, like even there was a pass by um, Dylan DeMello over to Mark Shifley 
and he hangs on to it for one extra second. If he one times it, it's probably, you know, either in the back of the net or it's a good chance. Instead, he tries to steady it and rip it. And then that one second allows Vimalka to get over and make the save as opposed to, you know, really scoring on what, what really was a high danger chance for the Jets. So yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And I agree that, you know, it's a, it's one of those situations, but after one period of play, the Jets are up two one and uh, the crowd is feeling good and they're mm-hmm. uh, enjoying a little set. You know, the Christmas parade has dissipated. So folks in Winnipeg know they're not going to have to worry about traffic, Joe. That's the uh, excitement. <laughs> and, and, you know, cause let me tell you, there's one thing that you always have to worry about in Winnipeg, especially you'll remember this in the old Winnipeg arena days was the, the, the ride home and trying to get home. And unfortunately I was a victim of my dad constantly wanting to leave five minutes before the game would end. So he could beat traffic. He's like, it's fine. We'll listen to the radio on the way home. And I was like, I don't want to listen to the radio. I want to watch the game, but it didn't matter. We always had to leave. So, we, and for the record, he parked at the other end. He parked where like Olive Garden was. So we had to like, oh, like whether it was cold, whatever, we always had to walk so far and then we'd book it home. And like, it was a, uh, as a young kid, that was a, it was a scarring situation, Joe, because I hated, hated having to leave these games early. It was always, no, it was always very destructive. You're having father issues, daddy issues. I'm going to, I'm going to call him after I'm going to yell him at Adam. I'm like, dad, what's going on here? Why did you do this? Look what you've done to me. Although now Joe, I guess he had an impact on me because I leave hockey. Ga- I leave the jets games after the second intermission. So, I well, mean, I guess you gotta do the show. I've got to do the show. There's a reason, <laughs> yeah. but I guess now he's, he's worn off on me. So that's not such a bad thing. Anyways, getting to that second period. Yeah. Jets are up two one yeah. starts off again, a little bit. You know, I didn't, did you notice anything in that to the well, start of that second that caught your well, eye? The, Coy- the coyotes had a power play, right? Right. Right. And, uh, Brossois made a couple of saves there off Kerfoot and, uh, Keller. Yep. You know, so I, which steadied the, the ship there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I wrote up, yeah, this, I wrote in my notes, Nate Schmidt free pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by a Fialbi with another bad decision to make a pass up the middle. Right. Um, but then uh, Vermelka, uh, he made some saves on Iafalo and Shifley right after that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the giveaways kind of stopped at that point, I thought, for the Jets, you know, with those yeah. kind of like, Wow, why are they doing that? Why are you throwing a puck up the middle of the ice? You don't mm-hmm. need to, right? And Fialbi, I think sometimes he tries to make things happen that doesn't necessarily need to happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then comes the the uh, goal <laughs> by <laughs> Matt Dumba. <laughs> you you well, want to give your view of it, or you want me to start with that? Well, one? It, it, I'll just I'll just set you up, and then you can take it away. But to me, again, this is one. Of, and and again, I think I, I we, t- we were talking about this before we actually got the show rolling. And it's funny because I'm watching this, uh, you know, in the press box, and it's, it's right below. And I'm I'm not even joking. I'm watching Kyle Connor, and I was thinking to myself, folks in Winnipeg have to realize how lucky they are to watch this guy play hockey because. He is phenomenal to watch. He really is. Like when you watch Kyle Connor offensively, which is what we're going to get to in a second. But when you watch Kyle Connor offensively, he just does things with the puck in tight spaces. It's it's phenomenal. And and again, like I said, watching on TV is fantastic. But watching him live, you just watch the way he does it, and you're you're like, there's no way he's going to be able to go in with into a corner with three guys, escape with the puck. He's so slight, but yet he does it, and it's it's remarkable to me what he's. So I'm thinking about this. And then, of course, the play goes the other way. But before that happened, and th- this is the one of the things that, you know, is important to note, because I think, is that Dylan Sandberg had the puck behind the net. And he had the choice to go back the other way 
or instead go up the wall towards Connor, where Connor was. And the problem was there were other coyotes there. And so, you know, the issue was that if he goes the other way, the play gets out of the jets end, and it's not a big, it's not a big deal. But the problem is he doesn't, or, or sorry, it, it stays. I should say, it's not that it goes out of the jets end. It stays. And instead, like I said, they're on the wall. And then all of a sudden, they're off for the races. And I'm thinking to myself, ooh, I'm glad I didn't send that tweet, Joe, because uh, I'd be ripped because all of a sudden, <laughs> Kyle Connor's defense, not so good. Well, as, so what's, it's basically a two-on-two, two, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm writing as this play is happening. Matt Dumba is going to the net to try and receive the pass. And I'm writing, wow, good back check by Kyle Connor. And as I'm writing that, he slows down. <laughs> allowing the pass to get through and Dumba scores to tie it. I was like, what? Why did you slow down? You, you were doing great. You came back, right? And then that split second of just slowing down allowed for the pass to get to Dumba and we have a tie hockey game. I mean, no chance for Bassois there, uh, but, you know, you, you, you take the good with the bad sometimes. And Okay, that was just a mental mistake. Yeah. We'll give him that, which he made up for. He did make up for it. There's there's no doubt. And look, I mean, people are going to... I mean, it's funny because when you hear Kyle Connor talk about it, he acknowledges the importance of defensive hockey. But it's still like, you know, it's... it's well, Mark Shifley has... Again, yeah. we tend to think of him as someone who's more offensively minded, and yet he's notable in terms of his um, effort to, to back check. Again, Kyle Connor you give him credit. He was doing it. And then all of a sudden, like you said, he's just behind Dumba and Dumba's, you know, ahead of him. And then suddenly it's a two, two game. And you're like, well, that's kind of, you know, are are the jets tired legs for the people who are in the listening to the podcast? I just air quoted around the word tired, (laughs) but, uh, but you know, are the jets tired legs catching up to them? Because suddenly now it's two all game and the coyotes look like they have a little life. And again, like I said, this is a young coyotes team, but it's a good coyotes team. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, obviously there's the, the future is bright for them, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a team the Jets should beat, right? right. And uh, one of the things you know we've kind of seen uh, for the most part under Rick Bonus's teams is that you know that we didn't see for the most part with Paul Maurice's teams is that the Jets are beating the teams they're supposed to beat, right? Right. You know, no excuses about first game back from a road trip anymore. Yeah. You know. Uh, under, under Paul Maurice, uh, any, over the course of his record, uh, of his coaching record in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if there was a homestand of three games or longer, right. The Jets were 40% in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. It was brutal, mm-hmm. right. It was just brutal, but that has changed considerably in, you know, the season and a bit that, uh, Rick bonus has been in charge. The Jets are winning. You know, on they have these long home stands, they're winning the majority of the games. You know, so that is a very positive change. And four, as you mentioned off the top of the show, four and one mm-hmm. on this on this home stand. And you know, it's got them up there with the top teams in the central division, right? We're a week away from US Thanksgiving, which is the benchmark, right? How many right. teams that are below or out of a playoff spot at that point of the season, you know, get into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. um there's, you know, this team is taking advantage, you know, of they're beating the teams that they should. Yeah. Right. They're not yet at that stage where they can beat some of those top teams. Right. They're competitive with them. 
except right. for the two periods of the LA game. Yeah. Right? And they're very competitive with them, but they, you know, they're just missing something right now. They're missing maybe a player or just a break or two, but they're competitive. They put an effort, they work hard. And I think that for most Jets fans, they just want to see, they want to see a team put out an effort and work hard. And, you know, if you lose, well, it wasn't because you weren't trying. You know, well, not, not game five of the Vegas playoff series last year. <laughs> well, what is what is uh, Rick Bonus always say, Joe? Make we, we come up with solutions, we don't make excuses. So that's yeah. that's the new mantra here in Winnipeg <laughs> under the current bench boss, uh, who of course is away with his wife Judy, and hopefully she's getting better. And right now, mm-hmm. Scott Arneal, the associate coach, is, is steering the ship. Big shout out to seven JP7B says who says illegal bur- beer, illegal curve beer. Is coming to Saskatoon thanks oh. to one of the many shipping options, Joe. I'm getting my icy beer delivered within three days. So we saw, thanks 7JP7B for working and ordering through our friends at Farmery some <laughs> illegal curve beer. So that's uh, Joe hasn't tried it yet. I don't well, believe. I'm hoping that the a six pack is my compensation. For I tonight. would, <laughs> I would think that you. Well, Joe, you've done two shows, so we might have to send wow. you a few six packs uh, at, at that at this point. Ooh. But. Uh, yeah, the illegal curve beer. I've got some right here, actually, Joe. If you come, to Winnipeg, I, I, have yes, <laughs> I have noticed. Yes, I have noticed. I do need to get a little mini fr- illegal curve mini fridge, though. At one point, maybe put it up there, and we can just like it'll <laughs> nice cold beer. Just pull it out and start drinking it. But um, look, the Jets are just so you know you're listening to the illegal curve post game show. I'm Dave Manuke. He is Joe Piscucci, the mm-hmm. hockey historian when it comes to Winnipeg sports. Knows that if you if there's something Jets 1.0 related, Joe, we spent quite a bit of time. Folks loved your clip that you sent us this morning, and and uh, if it's if it's Jets 1.0 related, Jets 2.0 related, but specifically Jets 1.0, which you know warms the hearts of, of folks like myself who loved uh, those 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 years. You've got those clips, and right. and you've got the mind that remembers those clips, <laughs> and you send them out on Twitter, and that's why Joe Piscucci is. You can see his X handle is right there. Make sure you're following him because he has a great. Uh, um, follow great resource for folks who want to remember the history of the Jets 1.0. Not everyone who wants to remember that history wasn't a lot of winning back in those days, Joe. It's it's the I only show the good history, Ah, (laughs) don't show the bad history. Well, all right, here now we're going to tie this in, yeah, we're going to tie it all in, Joe, because on the next goal, yes, which, which comes from off the stick of Kyle Connor and it came. Five minutes, just under five minutes after Dumba ties the game, mm-hmm. Kyle Connor. Who else? All he seems to do is score, but he he scores. You know, an absolute. I mean, is anybody is anybody surprised by what this guy can do? I mean, when he shoots, and I've I've already sung his praises uh, throughout the course of today. But I mean, again, yeah. offensively, what he can do when he shoots that puck the way he does. I mean, there was there was no chance. And he picks the, the corner and he puts the Jets up 3-2. And as I said, Joe, it's a historic mm-hmm. because that was his 14th goal in 17 games, tying him with a rookie that you, of course, covered <laughs> named Timu Solani. So a pretty lofty company whenever yes. you're compared to Timu Solani uh, for Kyle Connor scoring, I think, what was it, 14 goals in 17 games, which was the quickest to 14 goal. I always love these, by the way, these arbitrary <laughs> stats. Well, yeah, it, it's, like, it's, it's always like, well, he did this while wearing a brown shirt and he scored <laughs> it while on it balancing off his right leg. It's like, wow, that's a great stat. But regardless, right, he does tie Timu Solani, which is notable. 
Yeah, and that was a, a great pass from uh, you know Mark Shifley. Mm-hmm. A great setup from Dylan, who got the puck out. Yep. Right. And you know, as you said, fourteen goals, seventeen games last year. It took him till his thirty-second game to get okay. fourteen goals. He actually got two in that game, so he had fifteen in thirty-two games. And um, just uh, he's on his way. You yeah. know, he you know definitely. Let's cross our fingers. We get another fifty-goal score, but on him but you know he gets an opening he can he'll find the net right yeah. and and that it's really good to see you need a sniper mm-hmm. right and he's got a player in two and i follow who will get in front of the net and take away the goalie's eye so some of those shots that weren't getting through last year will get through this year you know so he's he's just a you know a lethal scoring machine and, and i kind of get tired when i keep hearing uh, you know, the broadcast, cause I'm living here. I hear a lot of the Toronto sportscasters, right. Yeah, of course. Commentators. And they all say about him being, you know, underrated. No, like that might've been four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not yeah. underrated anymore. Right. He came out of university as a goal scorer. Yeah. Right. He's proved it at the NHL. Stop saying he's, you know, he's still underrated. No, you know, you just you're that's an old cliche you just don't pay attention that's that's ultimately what it is right well because i you know before we get into the third period you know there was a comment on the broadcast tonight Mm -hmm. about nicole perfetti being a polarizing figure on the jets and i'm going like he doesn't pay his parking tickets like what what, what does that mean yeah, exactly. What was that all about? Like polarite, like, okay, I know I'm 2,400 miles away. Yeah. But I try to, you know, hear all the the comments uh, that you guys and, you know, the other shows are doing about the Jets. And like, yeah. when did Kyle or Cole Perfetti become a polarizing figure on this hockey team? The only thing I can think of, and we'll get back to Kyle Connor in a second, but the only thing I can think of is I know that like Jeff Merrick, who works for Sportsnet, has kind of been like, championing the idea that Cole Perfetti is underutilized and isn't getting enough minutes, which again, I, I don't know what it, here. I'll look at the box score right now to see what his, what his final minutes were, but mm-hmm. that could be the only thing. And again, it's ironic because the only people who seem to care about that are folks in Toronto and <laughs> who cares about them. But exactly. yeah, he played, he played 14 minutes and 13 seconds. Again, you know, is, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the most, it wasn't the least, you know, the Morgan Barron line they played, David Gustafson played the least at 749. Cole Perfetti, yeah. you know, was re- a little bit less than his line mates in Vlad Nemeskov played 16. Cole Perfetti played 14-13. And uh, uh, Nikolai Ehlers played 15-32. So, I mean, it's back-to-back. You know, it's not a huge surprise t- tight game. And, and they and didn't get that many power plays tonight either. They so didn't get that many. Had- I think, yeah, they didn't play that much on the power play. And, and like, again... That's the only thing I can think of when, so when they say polarizing, I don't even think it's the right word to be honest with you. It wouldn't be, you know, I, I yeah. don't think he's polarizing. I suspect that would be the only thing I would think of as someone who hears what the folks outside this market are saying about the folk, about the team in this market. That would be the only thing I've, I've heard is that you, you guys, the guys like Jeff Merrick are complaining about like Cole Perfetti's minutes. But I mean, wow. with all due respect to Jeff, I don't know how many people care. What he thinks about Cole Perfetti's minutes. And yeah. I don't, and again, I'm not going to malign our friend Harner Ryan Singh, who was doing the broadcast today. Oh, I no, I, I didn't say that he said it. 
Oh, okay. Maybe then it would be Sam. It was on the broadcast. Well, it's either Sam or, or Hunter Ryan, Joe. But well, I guess I've, I've get, I guess you figured it out by now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, like I said, I, I don't know where he's yeah. getting that info, oh. but uh, it's not. I don't think it's a sentiment, and I, I think you said it earlier, and I think it's it's true. I don't think that you have a lot of guys on this team, and and hard, it's hard too, right? Hockey's a team game. How do you complain when you're having success? First of all, Cole Perfetti has five goals in five straight, or had, sorry, up until today, his streak yeah. comes to an end. He had five straight games with a goal. He never did that in the AHL. His best streak in the AHL was three games. I think he scored four in three, but he never scored, never had a, a streak where he scored more goals in, than, than that. And he gets a five-game streak here in Winnipeg. But again, like I said, maybe I'm wrong, but I, my suspicion would be that it's it's ice time related and that's again i don't think i think that's something that's created outside the 204 the 431 mm -hmm. area codes i don't know how many po folks are within the province are are worried too worried about that but that would be my my conjecture joe as to what that uh speculate what that sorry what did what was the word you used controversy polarization polar polarizing figure what, yeah maybe what, we'll maybe we'll was, jump the, on. was the exact term <laughs> well you know what that joe, got me jumping out of my seat when i yeah. heard that like what Oh, well, the, the, you might not, you might not, uh, want to reveal who it was, but the, the chat is telling us who it was. <laughs> and, uh, again, I, uh, we can ask him what he was saying. Jets are not skating tomorrow. Of course, a day off after two straight wins and, and, and they're going to be off tomorrow and probably resuming skate on Monday following a big win over the coyotes. But again, maybe we'll get to the, maybe I'll ask Cole Perfetti. I'll be like, Cole, do you think you're a polarizing figure? And maybe I will ask him directly, but uh, he'll probably look at me and go. How did you get in here? And then you'll ask, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? So exactly. Um, yeah. I, like, again, like with all the success that he's had of late, right. You know, the best thing for him was not having him at center. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, moving the Mestikoff in there has made for a solid second line Ehlers, you know, because of the, the, the training camp, the yeah. injury, right. Mm -hmm. His game is coming around. Yeah. Right. And when he's flying up and down the ice, yeah, he's got to get out there more. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you can, you know, when Nikolai is having a bad game is when he makes those free pizza passes into the middle of the ice. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't sure. doing that last night or tonight. I didn't see much of last night's game because I was in Hamilton for the, what, you know, trying to partake in the great cup festivities. Well, we'll, we'll get into that at the end of the show, of course, but, yes. uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean, look, you can see Larry's is coming around and again, guys, t people tend to forget. That's why when we malign, uh, and specifically drew drew tends to malign exhibition <laughs> games, but, but it's true. They're important. They really are. And I've talked to guys, whether it's young prospects who tell me, you know, who are with the moose, but they say how important it was for them to get a taste of the NHL and that, that putting on a jets Jersey, even if it's just for an exhibition game, or you talk to the guys who actually, you know, need to get their conditioning up. And there's only so much, like I said, I talked to Declan Chisholm this week. Uh, now that he's down with the moose after the games against Laval, and the moose are on a, on a bit of a skid right now, but I talked to him about how, and he said like nothing, you can bag skate all you want, but nothing is going to recreate a game. Mm -hmm. So he's, again, he's played four games now for the moose after not playing for the last six weeks with the jets. His last game, I think was a preseason game sometime at the end of September. So, I mean, now he's played four games in a week. He's going to play another game tomorrow. And so anyways, that's just that idea of conditioning. Yeah. And, and to your point about Nikolai Ehlers, that's just what these guys need. They need, they needed to get into the games. He needed to get that, timing down and and you do seem again he seems to be more himself and you're right you want to see some more shots you want to see some more success on the power play but overall he seems to be you know yeah. 
sniping he, a little bit more than he was before. Yeah, he's found a rhythm. He's found a rhythm out there. You know? Absolutely. And, and absolutely. That's, and that's obviously good for that for this hockey team when he's like that. There's no question about it. And and you know, it, it, it's interesting to me that um like the way this team is standing up for each other. And mm-hmm. and I and again, this was in the I think there was about two two or three minutes left in the, in the period when Brendan Dillon drops the gloves with Liam O'Brien and O'Brien's a tough character. He can, can throw them with the best of them. And Brendan Dillon, I mean, again, we're talking offensive defenseman, Brendan Dillon too, you know, he didn't get any goals today, but he had two more assists in the game. And, and you just got to see that you got to know that this team, he's standing up again. My, my speculation, I was talking mm-hmm. to Jimmy Toth about this. Cause I, I heard them talking about it on the, on the intermission, but why, why did that happen? And my, my conjecture, and we were talking about it a little bit in the press box was because he was stepping up for those guys going after Dylan Stamberg and he was chirping and he was pissed and he basically dropped the gloves. And, and again, you don't have to love fighting. It's, it's your prerogative. You're not your prerogative, whatever you choose. But, um, you know, the, the fans and the team really reacted to him stepping up for Sandberg and, and, and kind of standing up for his teammate the way he did. And you could, you could hear the reaction, uh, you know, from the Winnipeg crowd. Yeah. Well, and it is good. I mean, you know, you, you need to know that your teammates have your back, right? Yeah. You know, that if, you know, I I do remember an incident in, in the 1.0 days. Yeah. I think, uh, cause it was, uh, Wendell Clark had hit one of the Russian jets. Yeah. Right. Sergey Uh, Harin. No, I think it was, uh, I think it was Bowden. Right. Oh, Sergey Bowden. I think he, he like for no reason, like he, right? He didn't have the puck right. He just hit him and knocked him de- like down, right? And and Ty standing right beside Wendell and going like this. Why'd you do that for? <laughs> right? Because yeah. Ty wasn't going to fight Wendell. Yeah, of course. Right. So uh, these Jets, somebody would have stepped up. Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know, and you need that. You need to know that this is a team, right? And we've heard Rick Bonus say that, you know, you, 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 you know, you pick on one of us, right? We're all going to, you yeah, know. That family like app, that. The, fa- the, the idea that everybody is family. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the fact they've gotten certain players, and I'm not pointing my finger at Blake Wheeler. They got a certain <laughs> player out of here. Yeah. That had one foot out the door. Yeah. Right. Um, and the return has been fantastic. And I think that certainly changed the, the atmosphere of this hockey club. And that's, it's great to see. Yeah. It no, I great mean, to see. There's no question about, again, the dynamic has changed so much, whether it's Adam Lowry as the captain or just, it feels, and again, like I said, like I've been in the room a lot more this year than I was last year, but mm-hmm. it just feels like it it's funny because the core is largely the same but it's just interesting to see how um, much, I don't know. There's just, it, it seems like there's a weight off the shoulders of yeah. this, of this group. And I'm not saying none of these guys would point the wheeler and say it's his fault that, you know, whatever, because it, again, it it's not just based on one guy and you can say whatever you want about Wheeler, but he did. He definitely left it all out there on yeah, the ice. He did. Um, what you know what he did on the ice who know i'm not so sure about that but um oh am i freezing or is joe freezing no you're freezing <laughs> on my end you're freezing so it's a good look for you though 
<laughs> oh. Well, now I guess I'm now the host of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show while uh, Dave uh, tries to uh, get back online. Uh, you are listening, and for some of you, you are watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. The uh, Jets over the Coyotes tonight by a score of 5-2. to two. Kyle Connor, uh, the big goal in this game, uh, his 14th goal of the season in his 17th game. And as I mentioned earlier, it took... Uh, till uh, 32 games last season for Kyle uh, to get his uh, 14th goal. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I don't know if I should talk about the third period because nothing really m much happened in that third period, though it did look like the Jets were tiring in that period. Uh, Bukestad uh, had a good shot early in the period, but he rung it uh, past uh, Brossois, but it went off the uh, the post of the crossbar. And then it was uh, uh, Kyle Connor. I'm trying to think. The Kyle Connor got the 4-2 the goal. A play started by a good back check by Mark Shifley. Kyle Connor then would get the puck to Mark Shifley. It's a two-on-one with Josh Morrissey. And uh, Morrissey puts it away for his... Just his second goal of the season. Uh, he's getting most of his points, obviously, from the assist, but that was his second goal of the season. And I thought the key on this one was that Mark Shifley didn't telegraph the fact that he was going to pass the puck. Too many times uh, you've seen this season where the Jets kind of telegraph on those two-on-ones that they're determined they're going to try and make a pass. Or in this case, Mark Shifley uh, with the coming in on the – uh, right hand side so he had a he had his stick uh, closer to the net so he he could have taken the shot he wasn't looking over at Morrissey when he made the pass and it was a perfect pass to Josh Morrissey and he uh, fired it into the net to uh, make it uh, four to two uh, for the Jets and uh, Mason Appleton uh, would uh, seal it away uh, with an empty net goal. And that was set up by uh, Nino Niederreiter, his eighth assist of the season. Lowry also getting uh, the uh, apple on that one. And that was his ninth. <laughs> I have to ask the, uh, the people who are watching is Drew, is Dave still off or is, am I just running the show by myself right now? I think I am. Oh, thank you. I'm running it. I guess. <laughs> well, I definitely want more than a six pack of illegal curve beer for this one. Uh, I'd love to show you some highlights. So a good effort. Hey, they're back. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. I was so frustrated, Joe. You don't understand. I want more than a six pack. Oh, you're getting like a flat now. This is ridiculous. I appreciate you doing that. That's like the worst nightmare of being on the internet, unfortunately, but holy moly, <laughs> I turned off the, I'm putting Wi-Fi off. I'm turning the TV off. The fire's out. No fire folks. I apologize to Joe. So embarrassing. Uh, this is the, now, and the worst part is uh, the worst part that I have to deal with is I'm going to have to listen to Mendel go. This is why you need to tether. No Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is no good tether. So unfortunately <laughs> I, uh, I screwed up. All screwed right. Up. Well, actually, I shouldn't. I screwed up. Shaw screwed up. Slash oh, Rogers, whatever that stupid <laughs> new entity is. It's not my fault, Joe. It's it's theirs. Oh well. Yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm, Reg, what, Reg is calling me a hoser. A, tw- a flat is 24. What's he talking about? <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know. So I talked about the uh, the goal by Morrissey. That was it. Started yes. with a good back check by Shifley. Yeah. Right? No, and I we mean, can't say enough about Mark Shifley's play this year. It's been uh, it's been heartwarming <laughs> for someone who's <laughs> been so super critical of him in the past, as have others. You no. know, it's heartwarming to see you know his 200 foot game. Right. He still has his moments, but they're so few and far between now. But uh, his back check, you know, resulted uh, in the uh, Coyotes turning the puck over. Cal Connor mm-hmm. getting it back to Mark Shifley two on one. And uh, I, I said the key was is that this time he didn't telegraph the pass. Right. Right. Yeah. Too many times on these two on ones, the Jets are just saying we're passing no matter what. We're going to pass that puck. Yeah. You know, instead of just shooting and then hoping for a rebound and the other player knocking it in. So I thought that was, uh, you know, and making mention that it was only Morrissey's second goal of the season. He's, he been, had, he's been in his he way more job. last year at this point. Did he not? He, he may have, but he's been, he's been, he's been piling up the assists. So, I mean, from a, from a points perspective, he's still doing quite well, but you're right. He hasn't, he doesn't have as many goals, but which is interesting because again, last year, the big, thing was that the, the you know rick bonus wanted his defense to score more he wanted i think he said 44 at the beginning of uh during training camp he wanted 44 goals from his defense brendan dillon's trying to single-handedly give him that <laughs> 44 goals but uh that was of course the the last year's training camp he didn't he didn't settle the number as far as i can remember this training camp for yeah, what he wanted I don't his think defense he did to yeah i don't think so but but ultimately you know he still wants to get that production from the back end but it's interesting, Joe, because during the summer when we talked about Mark Shifley and we talked about the kind of player he could become, and I, and again, like I said, I know it's ridiculous because you know it's it's easy to say that, but like his thing was Steve Eisman is his idol, and what did Steve Eisman have to do? Steve Eisman had to go from being an offensive forward who scored but didn't play defense to a much better defensive game. Now Steve Eisman also had the benefit of you know a number of excellent players in his in those Detroit. Uh, year. So, I mean, it wasn't like Steve Eisman was doing it all by himself, but he came, became a much more well-rounded player. And Mark Shifley is becoming a more ra- well-rounded player. And yeah. it was a nice pass up to him by Kyle Connor, who, you know, quickly transitions it up. And that's one of the things the Jets started to do a little bit better. Uh, but again, like you said, it was, it was a bit slow throughout the course of this game, but he gets it up and you're right. He doesn't telegraph it, gets it over to Josh Morrissey and Josh Morrissey buries it. And suddenly now you've got some wiggle room. You've got some, you've got some breathing room, I should say. Yeah. And that for the Jets, especially, you know, it's interesting because you expected, and it's always funny. And I've talked to players. I think I've talked to Brendan Dillon about this. You always talk to players about, you know, and a back to back. When is, when are your legs fresher? Are they fresher right at the beginning? Because you still got a little bit of, you know, you're fine. And then they start to burn at the end, or are they a little heavy at the beginning of the game? And by the end, you're starting to feel a little bit better. And I think he jokingly told me, depends on the score in the game. <laughs> you know, if we, if we win the game, then I'll use what, however it works out. But, you know, like I said, I always laugh because I'm like, well, wh- which way do these guys look at it? But ultimately, you know, you've now got that cushion and more importantly, you're pushing, right? You're not sitting back on a three goal. I mean, a one goal lead is, is not something you sit on anyways, but the Jets recognized an opportunity. And I thought Shifley did this a number of times where he saw opportunity. I mean, it's even similar to when he took the, the, the Brendan Dillon pass and got it over to Kyle Connor that time because he saw that in the neutral zone, scooped it, transitioned quick, and got it over to Connor. And then similarly, gets this pass, goes quickly the other way, Josh Morrissey. And again, this is that recognition, right? He knows that Shifley's got that puck, and you just see Morrissey 
take off down the down the wall and he's gone on that two on one. So good on them. And again, now the Jets are feeling really really rolling with that four two lead. Yeah, and comfortable as you said, they they were comfortable. I mean, the Coyotes, you know, did push back, you know, and but the Jets. I don't think again, Brassois had anything really major to contend with, you know. No, and, and you know they're making it too easy on the goalies. Well, <laughs> it was I, funny, Joe, because that was what I thought. I actually said, like, you know, he at one point I tweeted like he made a big and boring save, but I think they did that because specifically because the defense was clearing the way, so Brassois was able to see the puck. And it's it's you know it's obviously it's important for the for the defense to improve their play, and I thought that was important for the goaltenders. And you know, Brassois needed a good game. Like yes. he didn't have to steal the game, of course, but you needed Lauren Brassois, who you know that's his second win with a, in a Jets uniform. But you, he needed to feel good about a game, and he can feel good about that hockey game. Well, and we needed to feel good about having him in goal because sometimes when he's in there, he doesn't exude a lot of confidence for fans, right? He just like it's like a save is kind of like whoa, well, that was lucky, or that was well, fortunate, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was for the, you know, not counting the last game because I thought he played well in the last game too. But his earlier starts this season, right? They, he just didn't look sharp. That's right. Right. He just didn't look sharp. He didn't look confident in the goal. But in this game and in the previous game, yeah, there was a confidence. You know, I wasn't uh, like shaking every time the Coyotes crossed the blue line and they were going to let a shot go on Brossois and he wasn't going to be able to make the save. No, and and like like we're saying, I mean, you can't deny Perry saying LB was a pillar tonight. Come on, man, and and I thought he was good. We both we're both saying that he we thought he was good, but it yeah, he, but he I didn't think, have to be extraordinary. That's right. He, yeah, he know, needed to, he needed to make the saves he needed to make, and yeah. and you'll you know again you credit him for that. And and look, he he doesn't have a chance on the Dumbo goal. I mean, there's no. there's almost no chance for him to make that save. Um, so. Again, I think he was he was good, and then the Jets salted away. Mason Appleton, Joe, and he's he's been phenomenal this season. Six goals already eclipsed his goal total from last year, which was five in forty-one games. Now he's already got six in seventeen. And as I detailed on a little site called TheLegalCurve.com, you may have heard of it. He is on pace for twenty-eight goals. His career high was twelve and fifty-six. That was back in 2020-21. So uh, again. You know, whether it's Nino Niederreiter elevating that line and Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton being the beneficiary of having someone like Nino on that line, that line is producing. And, and again, they salted away with the empty net goal. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about the third line there, I'd, I'd like to know in the 2.0, mm-hmm. what is the record for the most goals by the third line players? Ooh, that because is for the question. most part, the third line wasn't scoring. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a so good, it that's would a good be, question. Yeah, I could think. Joe, you're the historian. You're supposed ah, to know that kind of stuff. That's not. That's just, not a me question. I just thought I'd have to research. But the Tanev, Lowry, and Cop line when they were yeah. a unit. Yeah. You know they yeah. would pop in the goals too. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Actually, it's a good one to to look up for yeah. sure. There's your homework. There's your homework. All right. For the next. All right. Well, yeah. hey, someone in the chat made. The, you know, we have a great audience, and we want to thank you for joining Joe and I here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We've. Uh, Got a little long because unfortunately the internet went out and Joe had to, I mean, but let's be realistic folks. Joe's a professional and whether he's talking in tandem or he's doing it solo, the Joe Piscucci experience, you've experienced the Drew Mandel experience. That was a letdown. The Joe Piscucci experience. That was a let up. Wow. So uh, I, I, it sounds like you got a lot of uh, folks who were cheering you on while I was uh, furiously trying to get my internet 
connected to my phone and worrying about all this other stuff. But, uh, you know, anyways, the Jets go on uh, to salt it away, end up winning it 5-2. Uh, and again, like I said, uh, a lot of a lot of good things. But most importantly, uh, they they end the homestand 4-1-0. Uh, and they're 5-1-0 against Central. That's also something that, you know, again, the one loss is to Dallas. And yeah. they'll have to play Colorado still. But, you know, you want to see, you want to do the damage against the your opponents within your division. And the Jets are similar to what they did last year. Mm-hmm. having success against the central. So that that's going to be key for for this for this team moving forward and again like I said they're 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 on brand with what they were able to do last year and we're trying to be on brand here Drew Joe sorry yeah. I called you Drew by accident for a second there. <laughs> that's okay. But again like I said I'm flustered. I mean who knows what's going on here Joe. This is uh this is yeah. this is it's all it's all it's all it's all it's all new. Well the right? the Avs won tonight over the Stars 6-3. The Avs won. The Avs won. They scored four goals in the third period. <laughs> I was like, for Ratten it. Wow. So Nakushkin scored to tie it at 419. Yeah. And then it just collapsed there. Ratten scored at 1432. And then Cogliano at 1443. Wow. So 11 seconds later. Two goals in 11 seconds. And then there was an empty net goal by Colton. Isn't that interesting? So that yeah. means that I believe that means that the Jets then are not jumping ahead of Colorado because uh, they think they both have 22 points. I could be I wrong. Let me just, let you me are correct. That. Yes. Dallas with 23, yeah. 16 games, Colorado with 22, 16 games, the Jets with 22 points in 17 games and Arizona with 18 points on 17 games. Right. So good win for the Jets uh, yeah. to, you know, give themselves some distance between themselves and the Coyotes. That's two wins against Arizona the last couple of weeks. And again, like I said, keeping pace with the Dallas and Colorados of the NHL. All right, Joe, we're going to head to a break. Our first one and our only one here on the Illegal Career Post Game Show. We will be back after these words from our sponsors. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. 
With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed fanalytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Are you dreaming of your very own backyard rink this winter, but dreading the work involved? Well, stress no longer, because the rink guys are here to make it happen. The rink guys are Winnipeg's first outdoor skating rink installation and rink maintenance service. The rink guys offer free site evaluations and different rink construction options. Plus, they use a custom-sized liner to prevent any damage to your lawn. Lighting packages are also available to help illuminate your rink during those long, dark winter nights. To get your rink started today, visit therinkguys.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. And I'm still here, Joe, so that's a good sign that we returned from commercial break. And I am still here. I'm Dave Manuk. He is Joe Piscucci. You are living the Joe Piscucci experience for a little <laughs> brief period of time. Uh, if you were with us a little bit earlier, hopefully you were. Hopefully you've been with us for the <laughs> course of this broadcast. You started your day with the Illegal Curve hockey show. You're ending your day with the Illegal Curve post-game show, unless you go to Kenny and Rennie, which yeah. will be on after us, or they may already be on. Who knows those guys sometimes. Where the buffet, they're the dessert. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Although Weber is the one who's always going to the buffet. And once, you know, Drew literally, he talks so much. Drew actually now has a sign that says the buffet is closed. And that's his, that's his sign for, for getting off. The show's got to be, got to be done. Now, Drew, now Joe, what I'm going to have to do is I have to give, you know, I forgot there's so much going on. Got to give the hardest, the tough duck hardest hitting comment. So we're going to award that before we start talking about the great cup here on this show. Not doing this because this person bought illegal curve beer and is having it shipped to Saskatoon, but I'm also not not doing it because of that reason. But the tough duck hardest hitting comment goes to 7JP7B who says, it's the Joe show. We will all remember this. Poor Dave. He must be freaking out. I was. I love the show more now. You never doubt it is a live entity. So uh, not necessarily related to the hockey game uh, that we watched earlier, Joe, but it is related to the stress that I just uh, underwent (laughs) by thinking that not only did I invite you to be a guest on this show, somehow I have left you in charge of the show. (laughs) That's never a good thing. (laughs) Well, I'd be fine with it. But the problem was you don't even have access to, to, to end the show. So if I couldn't have done gotten back on, our show would have been live. (laughs) <laughs> until I would have been able to get a hold of Drew Rezzi. So that could have been could have been a catastrophe. So uh 7 JP, JP7B in addition to your illegal curve beer, you're going to get a tough duck toque from our friends at Tough Duck. So be sure to 
send us a, um, what's your holiday email, Dave at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMS. I see Dave, give me your name, number at not number. Sorry. I'm still used to doing the, uh, the moose giveaway, Joe, but if you can give us your name and your address, we'll get you a tough duck toque shipped out as he sent his to Australia, his, his choice in the last post game show. Although I found out that I can actually send it to St. Catharines because that's where the, the person, the winner's father lives. So we're going to send it to St. Catharines, Joe, save on shipping instead of sending it to Australia. But uh, 7JP7B is going to be going to uh, Saskatoon. So it's a little little closer to Manitoba, a little easier to ship it out there than Australia. But congratulations on the win, nonetheless. Okay, well, we've talked about the Jets, and the Jets, like I said, they're off till Monday, and then they probably will skate. I assume they'll practice Monday, Tuesday, and then fly on Tuesday to Florida, where they're going to start off their three-game road trip against the uh, Panthers and Lightning. So they'll do the they'll they'll reluctantly head south, although it's been beautiful here, Joe. Plus plus <laughs> six <reluctantly>. today. <laughs> didn't didn't even need to wear a jacket today, Joe. It was beautiful here in Winnipeg and around the province of Manitoba. Uh, the grass is so green. Folks are actually thinking about still cutting their lawn. That's how nice it's been. But anyways, let's get to the Grey Cup. You're the expert. Yeah. You know a lot more than I do. So what are your thoughts on the Grey Cup, which is going tomorrow uh, at this time? We'll know when the who the Grey Cup champion is. But obviously, you got the hat on for the folks yeah. in the chat. Well, well, folks who are listening on the podcast, this, what are your is, thoughts? This is a game the Bombers should win and better win. Right? Okay. okay. But here, here's some things that worry me. Right? The last two years they've played in Hamilton has been some of this team's worst performances. Okay. Right. So I'm a little worried about that. Uh, the fact that, you know, Montreal has a really good defense and mm-hmm. they're very opportunistic. We saw that against the Bombers earlier this season at uh, IG Field when they had those two pick sixes. You know, yep. it wasn't Zach's best game. Uh, and we definitely saw that against uh, Toronto in the Eastern final. But we also know that the Bombers have a very good defense. The Bombers haven't always played their best in the Grey Cup game. You know, yeah. I, I would say that two years ago, they should have lost that game to the Tiger Cats that went to overtime. I mean, if that player does not concede the single point on the kickoff, mm-hmm. right? Hamilton is kicking a chip shot field goal to win the Grey Cup, not just tie the game. Right. So, I think the defense has to step up. We don't know the health, of course, of uh, Big Hill, or but I suspect he's probably not going to play. Yeah, um, it sounds like the, those guys and showing aren't playing from, so, the, from the sounds of it. It sounds like yeah. it's a, as Drew was I, saying, a little subterfuge. Yeah, I just think that they've the defense has to really step up again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Don't give Montreal any life, right? And. And Zach Caleros has got to, uh, you know, finish off some drives. I, I I don't like when Buck Pierce gets cute with his offensive play calling. You know, when Caleros drives the team down the field, they're inside the, you know, the six-yard line, and then he brings Pruk up on there to hand the ball off. Like, why? Yeah. You know, Zach can easily hand the ball off. Don't get cute. You know, <laughs> let Zach finish the drive. <laughs> He's the more experienced quarterback. Unless it's on the one-yard line, then yeah, sure, bring Prukop in. So mm-hmm. I think that the Bombers should win this one. They should win this handsley. My only fear is that if it's a close game, the longer that it's a close game, I, I don't think that's very good for the Bombers. That gives Montreal some confidence. And I think they should snuff out any confidence that the Alouettes may have before halftime. 
Sorry, Joe, I had a cough. I didn't want to cough in your ear. But, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, again, it's, it really does sound like it's going to be a defensive contest uh, between these two teams. And, you know, obviously not having, um, you know, a top receiver for the Bombers is going to be uh, a difficulty. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know much about about it because I, I keep my eyes and, uh, and ears focused mostly on the Jets and mostly on the Moose. So, you know, like I said, I... I uh, it's one of the times I can cheer. I, I can cheer for the Bombers as a Winnipegger and hope that they have success. So uh, mm-hmm. again, like I said, we'll we'll see what they. I'm not even going to make a prediction because. But, but they do have Kenny Lawler, so I mean that makes up for showing. And and Kenny Lawler is just an outstanding receiver, and I think he's going to have a big game. And of course, the they get Brady Oliveira running the football, then it's done. Yeah, well, and we'll see. You know, he's he's you, you can tell he wants to, you know really put his mark on this team and, and, and show what he has been doing all season long and why he's been such an exceptional talent. Uh, you know, of course a homegrown talent is a Winnipegger. So uh, a lot, a lot of pride on the line. And, and again, like four straight great cups for this bomber team. And it's remarkable uh, what they've been able to do. Would you quickly, before we head out, uh, you know, and let everybody get the rest of their Saturday night going, but would you, would you qualify this team as a dynasty, Joe? If they win? Yes. This will be, yeah, it'll be another great era of bomber football right up there with the Bud Grant era. The Bud Grant era right now, still number one. This one is 1B. Well, I think you're a 1A in my books, Joe (laughs) Piscucci. You were A plus, A plus plus for, uh, you know, joining us. We're going to send you some Illegal Curve beer as the least we can do for joining us here on the Illegal Curve postgame show. Uh, two weeks in a row, and and not only did you join us, you led it. You you were running the show, uh, and you did a great job. So thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm sure everyone in the chat loved hearing from you and loved sharing some of your hearing your some of your stories, and again seeing some of your videos. So make sure you're following Joe Piscucci because again he's uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and uh, video for uh, Jets 1.0. Uh, so if you if you're if you're if you're a fan of the Jets from the from the 80s and the 90s. Joe's probably got a video of it and he'll <laughs> eventually use that video uh, on his, on his Twitter account. So make sure you're, you're standing with Joe standing with Joe. You're, you're sorry. I saw Phyllis's comment standing O for Joe. So Joe, <laughs> the, the, the chat is Thank happy you. with you, Joe. Uh, and they, they appreciate it. You're, you know, like I said, you're, you're a, you're a legend. I told my mom that Joe Piscucci is doing the show with me. My mom was like, you're going to be on the show with Joe Piscucci. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And she's like, I go, we're friends with Joe. And she goes, wow. And I was like, oh, you know, we got, we, we're not too bad. So my mom was very excited for, for you to be on the show, Joe. And uh, as, as are the rest of our chat. So thank you very much for joining right. us. Thanks everyone in the chat for joining us here on the legal curve post game show. Thanks to our sponsors. You know who they are and I'm too lazy to pull up the list, but thanks to all of our sponsors. Uh, for for supporting this show because if it wasn't for them and wasn't for you we wouldn't have a show so uh oh hold on sorry you know what see joe even when i'm too lazy frosty isn't so i'm going to thank our sponsors rumors restaurant and comedy club linden market dental center farmery beer which coincidentally is the home of the illegal curve lager zapia group realty betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's Rolly's transfer and the rink guys Support our fine sponsors because they support us here at Illegal Curve Hockey. Yeah. Okay, that's enough for us. We're going to let you get your Saturday going. Joe, enjoy his Saturday night out in Toronto. We're going to enjoy the rest of our Saturday night here in Manitoba. Smash that like button before you head out, and we will be back on Wednesday night. I can't remember the time exactly. The game probably starts at 6, so around 8.45, probably around the same time we started this show. 
And of course, illegalcurve.com will have all the latest Jets and Moose news. I'm not doing a Moose recap because Moose stunk today. They lost 7-2. Uh, so that's that's your Moose minute. It's very brief. The Moose weren't very good. Uh, Nikita Chibrikov, the Jets, 21. Second rounder, he scored a goal. Uh, Chaz Lucius didn't play load management. Sorry, Joe, I guess I am giving a Moose minute uh, very briefly. And they're back in action. They're playing three and three. So they're actually going to be in action in Toronto tomorrow as they try and uh, get things back on track. So we'll see what happens with the Moose. But anyways, regardless, uh, we'll have all of that on our website, IllegalCurve.com. So thanks very much for joining us. I'm Dave Manouk. He's Joe Piscucci. This has been the Illegal Curve postgame show. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.